This recording is brought to you by Whitworth University. To hear additional programs, please visit www.whitworth.edu backslash podcast. Hey, without further ado, I get the privilege of introducing President Beck Taylor, and Beck is beginning his sixth year. Can you believe that? Seventh year? Why does it say six on my notes? I don't get, I don't get that. So seventh year, and I, you'll get a chance to hear from Beck. He'll tell you way more than you'd ever hear from me. So I'm just going to hand it over, and thank you. Is this on now? Can you hear me now? Well, um, that is a hard act to follow. Would you join me once again in thanking our hardworking admission staff, both undergraduate, graduate, and continuing studies? Um, we are an enrollment-driven institution, and as we're learning, uh, it is so important that we are able to attract and retain students of quality to, or in order to accomplish our mission. And so these folks are the hardworking folks on the front lines that really allow us to do the work that we feel called to here at Whitworth. I hope that you've had a wonderful summer. Uh, for many, though not all of us, summer can be a time of, we hope, some relaxation and some renewal both in mind and body and spirit, and um, can be opportunities for us to uh, gain critical insight and renewed calling into the areas that we're, that we're uh, being called to here at Whitworth. But for many in this room, for many, summer is Super Bowl season. It is the time of the year when they get uh, all the work done that is needed to create this beautiful uh, environment that we have to work in, in which our students have to study, uh, they are fixing and upgrading facilities. They are taking care of our beautiful grounds. They are planning for the future, uh, and they are keeping our campus safe. Um, and so I want to give a special shout-out this morning to our security and to all of our facility services teams. Let's give them a round of applause. I was counting up, this is my 41st fall to start school. And um, it, there's something about being a part of the academic calendar and culture, but it is certainly ingrained in my DNA now. And I will tell you, honestly, uh, on August the 1st, I was not ready to think about the beginning of the new academic year. But by God's grace and by just the biorhythms that I've developed over 41 years, um, I have been increasingly excited. How am I doing here on this microphone? Okay. Um, increasingly excited about the opportunities uh, that we have this year. And uh, we're going to be ready to welcome more than 700 new students to our campus this Saturday. Rain or shine, uh, we are going to give them a wonderful, wonderful welcome. Um, Julie and I uh, did have a, a wonderful summer in so many ways. Um, probably one of the highlights of our summer is we got to experience what so many of our students get to experience on study abroad programs. We got to shadow Jim and Janie Edwards on a trip to Greece, uh, hosting many of our uh, uh, donors and alumni on a wonderful uh, trip to that area of the world. That was probably one of the highlights uh, of our summer. Uh, much of our summer was spent in and around Spokane. Why leave, right, in the summer? We wait all year for it, and we had a beautiful uh, summer here. And like many of you, we tried to find some long weekends up at the lake and doing other things. But 
probably the highlight of our summer, if you don't mind sharing my sharing just a little bit of a personal update. Um, this last Saturday, our fourth grader, our youngest child, Chloe, was baptized into the body of Christ at uh, Lake Davis. And there's a connection between the Greece trip and the baptism that I want to share. Um, one of the places that we visited when we were in Greece was Philippi. And if you remember, Philippi was the place that Paul was called to as he crossed that land bridge into Macedonia, um, into Europe or Eastern Europe, uh, where he met Lydia and her family. And it's quite plausible that Lydia and her family were the first Europeans to be baptized in the body of Christ. And we were there at the same river that Lydia and her family were presumably baptized and um, uh, for once in my life, I thought ahead and actually scooped out some water from that stream and brought it back with me. And uh, that water was mixed with water at Davis Lake on Saturday, and Chloe was, was dunked into the body of Christ. And um, just a sweet, sweet uh, opportunity for us to celebrate God's faithfulness in our family. And then I would also say it was a summer of loss uh, for us. Julie and I lost a couple of dear friends. And of course, we as a Whitworth community had some losses as well. I know many of you have had um, deaths and um, sickness in your families. I want you to know that the president's cabinet has been praying for each and every one of you uh, all summer. And then, of course, uh, not here today and someone that we dearly miss who passed away over the summer, of course, is Dr. Pam Parker. And we were able to celebrate her life um, so poignantly uh, last week here on this campus. And of course, we even think back into the winter months when we lost Adrian Teo. And so to the psychology and to the English departments and to so many on this campus for whom those two individuals played an important role in, in your experience here at Whitworth, personally and professionally, know that our prayers are with you. Um, and as a community, um, we, we certainly feel that loss in, 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 in poignant and in big ways. So isn't that the rhythm of life, though. We, here we are at the outset of an exciting new academic year with so much optimism and potential, and yet both professionally and corporately and personally we face challenges. And it is, um, I've, I'm persuaded that it's a blessing from God to be able to do that in community with one another and to encourage one another as we walk uh, this journey together. So it's great to see all of you. I do have one uh, person I want to especially introduce, a new member of the President's Cabinet. Uh, many of you know that uh, uh, over the summer we had a transition in the Finance and Administration Office, and we were happy on July 1st to welcome our new Vice President for Finance and Administration, Larry Probus. Larry, would you stand? I saw you over here. Let's warmly greet Larry. Larry came to us from World Vision US and uh, as their CFO and was attracted to Whitworth um, in part, and I would say primarily uh, through the experiences that his daughter Ellie had. Many of you know Ellie graduated, star student, uh, last, uh, this last spring. And then he is bringing uh, his son James as a freshman uh, this year to Whitworth. So uh, not only is he joining the team, um, but he's helping out a little bit with the finances. So we appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, Larry, thank you very much. And then I would just say as a, a quick word, you're not going to hear me say this much, uh, certainly not out in public, um, but Julie and I are going to get to wear a hat this year that we've not ever gotten to wear now entering our seventh year here at Whitworth, and that is of 
very proud Whitworth parents as our middle child, our oldest daughter, Lauren, begins in the class of 2020. Um, I will say to you that we, I have drastically underestimated my excitement uh, about this. I was happy, I was pleased, but I'm just downright giddy right now uh, about this. I'm really going to have to kind of pull back, I think, in public settings a little bit. Um, but uh, Lauren has already moved in over at BJ and running cross-country with Toby, and uh, so it's just going to be so fun for us. And I think the reason it's going to be fun for us and exciting is because for the last six years, Julie and I have had front row seats um, watching how students are transformed here at this university uh, in large measure because of their interactions with you all. And so we are expectant um, to see uh, the ways in which Lauren's life will be impacted positively because of you and what you're doing, as well as for the other 598 freshmen in the class. So that's going to be fun. Well, uh, let me give you a little bit of an outline today. Um, I wish I had titled this um, address something different five years ago when I started it, because every time I begin to think about delivering a state of the university address, um, it becomes a little daunting as I think about it because there's no way in the time that I have, a, a little less than an hour, um, for me to go over everything that's going on at the university, uh, both all the opportunities and successes and things that we can celebrate as well as the things that we need to lean into. Um, so, like usual, I've chosen just a few things to concentrate my address on today, and I hope they're timely, I hope they're encouraging, I hope that you'll leave here with some information you didn't have uh, when you came in, and I hope uh, at the end of the day you'll leave here resolved to know that we're, we are set to have one of the best years, I think, in Whitworth's history. And so, um, so here's the outline of my talk. Um, I'm going to spend kind of the first few minutes talking about the successes that we had last year. And, you know, I think it's important for communities like Whitworth to celebrate together and to acknowledge the ways that God has been faithful in our community. And as I was putting together the list of successes from the 2015-16 academic year, I was really quite overwhelmed, uh, both with the magnitude of them and the number of them, but also how I was going to fit them all into this address. And so at the outset, I will say, I'm not going to list everything um, that we would hold up as a community as something to celebrate, but just a few things across the institution for which each of you had a profound influence um, as, we, as we think about last year. The middle part of my presentation, we're going to look a little bit at finance. I know that that's a topic that everybody's very curious about and interested in. We have some good news to share with you on that front, as well as some challenging news that we need to continue to think about. Um, and then lastly, I think all of you know that we have been engaged in the last year in a rebranding process and a brand audit, and we're excited to show you some things today uh, about our new brand identity. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. My time limit is 12.10. Um, and as soon as I see 12.10 back on the clock, uh, back there, I'll turn it back over to Dolores and we'll pray and go off to lunch. It's interesting, I just noticed in here that we've lost our side clocks. So you guys can't see what time it is. <laughs> and I can see you when you turn your neck to look at the clock. <laughs> All right, here we go. Of course, uh, the thing that animates our work here at Whitworth University is our mission, our shared mission. It's a compelling mission. It's one that's guided our community for many years now. And I think it's uh, that mission and the work that that mission calls us to that, um, 
that energizes all of us. Of course, Whitworth's mission is to provide its diverse student body an education of mind and heart, equipping its graduates to honor God, to follow Christ, and to serve humanity. And we're so grateful for that mission, and I'm so grateful for the ways that you so faithfully live out that mission in your respective duties on campus. And then we have an ambitious vision statement, one that calls us to new standards and to a better version of Whitworth University, and that is that Whitworth will deepen its commitments to academic excellence and to the integration of Christian faith and learning, equipping graduates to respond to God's call on their lives with intellectual competence, with moral courage, and with deep compassion. Expanded student opportunities for experiential learning, intercultural engagement, and postgraduate preparation, among many other things, will elevate Whitworth's standing as one of the finest Christian liberal arts universities in the world. I, every day, I am, um, I am reminded of how blessed I am, and I hope you feel the same, of working in this community. I have the privilege as president to travel the country and to talk with other leaders of Christian institutions and other leaders of higher education institutions. And while it is certainly the case that Whitworth University has things that we need to be thinking about and that challenge us and that call us together to solve those challenges, it is um, apparent to me and I hope to you that Whitworth is exactly the kind of institution that many institutions aspire to be. Just yesterday, several of us were on a conference call from a peer institution, and they were trying to glean everything they could possibly glean from us about what we were doing because the perception out there is that Whitworth is, in fact, at the pinnacle of Christian higher education. And we're so grateful for that. We realize that that's a privilege, but it's also something not to take for granted and that we need to continue our efforts to, to maintain that, that spot in the industry. Um, of course, we're also animated by our 2021 strategic plan. Uh, we passed that plan five years ago. We've just completed the first half of that plan. We're five years in. And that plan articulates eight comprehensive goals, the four of which are, uh, first four of which are here, that really um, do shape what we think about and what we do as an institution uh, across the university. We want to advance Whitworth's distinctive approach to integrating Christian faith and learning. We want to strengthen intellectual vitality across all contexts of teaching and learning. Of course, we want to prepare our students to be good global citizens. We want to demonstrate courageous leadership in an increasingly diverse world, and I would add a world that's struggling with conversations around diversity, uh, certainly in our country and across the globe. Uh, we want to elevate a liberal arts education uh, the foundation of Whitworth's academic program as essential and relevant to all majors and careers. Of course, we want to enhance our strengths in graduate and continuing studies programs. We want to invest in you, Whitworth's employees, and support you in a culture of continuous improvement and investment. And lastly, we want to be good stewards of all that God is giving us and to uh, use that, those gifts uh, to propel the rest of, of the university to, to do what it's called to do. So those are the goals in which we, we kind of operate strategically. Now, many of you know that last year we began a process led by the University Council to um, what I call recalibrate the strategic plan. Five years in, the world has changed. Uh, we're facing new opportunities and challenges that weren't present back in 2011 
when we wrote the plan. University Council, uh, with the input of many of you, uh, came up with a draft revision of that plan. And we were ready to kind of send that out to the community back in February. But who else remembers what happened in February and March? Uh, we began to um, become more aware of some of the financial challenges that we were facing. And I made the decision as president that rather than to send mis mixed messages and to uh, task our organization and our community with, with really um, juggling very difficult conversations at once, that we were going to put that strategic plan recalibration aside for the moment and concentrate our efforts on financial sustainability. Um, but what I want to tell you is that uh, this year, and particularly this fall, the University Council will pick that work back up again. Uh, we will get that work out to you for your comment, and in January, uh, we'll ask our Board of Trustees uh, to, um, to adopt that amended strategic plan. I think it's important for us to be guided by an ambitious strategic plan, and we want to continue to be ambitious in our goals. Um, it would be easy right now, it would be very easy for us to pull back significantly on the reins on some of our goals because we are in a time of some financial uncertainty and anxiety. We certainly need to address that, and we want our strategic plan to recognize that. But I would caution us, and in fact, I would encourage us to um, keep our sights on the future. Uh, let's continue to put our plans and our goals uh, in, in front of one another and challenge one another to achieve those. Uh, the, Whitworth, the Whitworth that Whitworth 2021 envisions and calls for is an exciting place. And, uh, and I appreciate all the efforts that you're making currently and will make uh, to achieve that vision. So um, be paying attention uh, for this work. It'll certainly uh, uh, be something that we want to turn our attention to this fall. Okay, so as I mentioned, with the big caveat of I'm not going to be able to go over everything, I do have several slides here that I think will remind us of all the things that we have to celebrate from achievements from last academic year. Whitworth's reputation for our, our outstanding programs in our School of Education, I think, deserve a special mention. And that uh, resulted in uh, record enrollments, really, for us across our graduate programs and our evening teacher certification program. And in fact, I'll share with you a little bit later some really good news from last year's budget. Um, and there are a number of factors that are in play for that. But one of the primary ones is uh, the hardworking folks in our School of Education. Let's give them another round of applause for the work that they're doing. I think that's important. One of the things that our strategic plan called for five years ago was the reinstitution of our forensics program. And uh, with very capable faculty leadership, we have seen incredible uh, success in that program, uh, culminating this last year in one of our students, Alex Hoffman, a senior, being named the nation's top debater, uh, which is a huge, huge achievement for him and, of course, for the forensics program. And then our Ethics Bowl team uh, won its second national championship in five years. Now, I would remind you that these are students who are going up against competition across the country at institutions of all shapes and sizes. These are not Christian liberal arts um, universities, although we won that group too. Um, uh, competition is one of my strengths, by the way. Uh, on, um, 
But uh, these are these are uh, research one institutions across the the, the universe uh, uh, across the country that we are competing against. Um, and then uh, more student competition success. Our business students uh, in their regional certified financial analyst research challenge won that competition for a second straight year. Again, going up head to head with institutions of far larger size and and greater resources in many case cases. Our fantastic music department, um, on the cusp of music, uh, moving into that beautiful new building, passed its 10-year accreditation visit from the National Association of Schools of Music, which is a huge accomplishment in and of itself. I want to use this bullet point, though, to remind us that we've made a commitment that all of our academic programs will obtain the gold standard accreditation in their respective discipline. Our students deserve nothing less than that. And so um, I think about our AACSB accreditation process and our School of Business that's ongoing and for which our application was accepted for candidacy a couple of years ago. I know our faculty is going to be considering a new engineering program, and certainly if that gets passed, we want to, uh, uh, we want to be accredited by the, the top accrediting group there. And so this is an important goal for us, but certainly for the, the, School of, uh, the Department of Music, that's an important achievement. Wilworth joined the premier library consortium in the Pacific Northwest, the Orbis Cascade Alliance. Amanda Clark and her team have provided wonderful leadership on this. This puts us into a rare group of institutions in terms of resources, both online and physical, and a connection to other scholars across the region, which is going to be very important for the success of scholarship as well as education programs. Our community developed a compelling rationale for general education that does emphasize the importance of the Christian liberal arts. This is the foundation, as I said earlier, of all of our academic programs. And I know there's some anxiety right now in higher education and at Whitworth with respect to the ways in which students are gravitating into the pre-professional and professional programs um, and perhaps away from the liberal arts. One of the ways we're going to be able to stay true to our mission and to provide those students with that kind of well-rounded and broad-based education is to keep our general education intact and to um, allow it to shape the educational experiences of all of our students. So that's very important for us. We approved a new Master of Science in Athletic Training. Uh, this was in large part due to... Um, some, some changes in certification uh, requirements, but uh, as you know, our undergraduate athletic training program has really been a hallmark of success for us. And so this is just the ne next natural uh, step for us. Lynn Noland uh, reports to us that we had the largest number of external grant submissions in the history of the Office of Sponsored Programs, which is a big deal. Many of our scholars on campus are applying for external grant dollars. That, that's important for us to do. I will mention one in particular. We had a successful application for a really exciting new inter uh, institutional grant, Aaron Putzke, I, th I think I saw Aaron over here, uh, a faculty member in our biology uh, department um, doing important work in, in the biological sciences that link us, importantly, with uh, scholars at Reed and Lewis and Clark College. It's a pretty significant uh, program and achievement that, that I wanted to highlight. As Greg mentioned, moving to enrollment, we did recruit the fourth largest class in Whitworth's history, which we're so grateful for, and the most diverse class in Whitworth's history, which is also very important to us. One thing he did not mention that I think is worth mentioning is that last year, you may recall, 
that we had a troubling male-female ratio, one that I would argue is unsustainable for us going forward. And his team really worked hard to even that out. I think most of you know that more females are going to college today than males, and so this is a difficult ratio to work on. But his team was able to increase our male percentage of students by seven percentage points. So now our incoming class is 58% female, 42% male, which I think is a much more sustainable um, ratio going forward for a whole host of reasons. So we're very grateful for that. Campus Ministries, under our first year Dean of Spiritual Life, Forrest Buckner, had a very, very successful year. Uh, thanks be to God. Uh, Forrest reports that we had robust small group participation um, and a 50% increase in sustained chapel attendance last year, which is just marvelous. And um, I think it just speaks to the whole array of ministry programs that we have, not just chapel, not just small groups, but many ways that our students have to connect um, with uh, people who want to steward them through spiritual uh, development and formation. And so we're very excited about that. Let me use this bullet point to remind you that... Uh, Chapel is called Community Chapel, right, Forrest? Uh, we certainly expect to see lots of students there. But I hope that you all know as staff and faculty that you're invited each and every Tuesday and Thursday from 11 to 11.30. Um, no pressure, but you're invited. Um, you have my permission uh, to, not that you need it, to go. And, um, and let me also, maybe one other admonition um, or, or challenge. Um, I know our work lives are busy. I know that calendars can fill up. Uh, my calendar uh, is the bane of our existence in the, in the president's office. But let me encourage you to hold that 11 to 11.30 hour on Tuesday and Thursday. Not even an hour, a half hour on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, try not to schedule meetings during that time. Um, try not to, to call staff and faculty um, in ways into uh, settings during that time that would make them feel uncomfortable about whether or not they should attend a meeting or go to chapel if that's uh, a priority for them. Um, let's keep that 11 to 11.30 time frame on Tuesdays and Thursdays as an opportunity for all of us just to recenter ourselves during the week. If you don't go to chapel, take a walk around the beautiful loop. Uh, read an inspirational poem. Uh, spend some time in prayer or support a colleague. These are all ways that we can, um, can use that time well. From our uh, Office of Church Engagement, uh, Terry McGonigal reports that um, through a marvelous grant that we received from the Murdoch Trust, we sent 54 summer ministry fellows all over the world to explore vocational callings in ministry and to support congregations, which is very exciting. Our new Academy of Christian Discipleship, which Jerry Sitzer is taking a lead on in the Office of Church Engagement, has had a wonderful first year, enrolling 125 students from 19 churches, uh, which again connects us uh, very closely to congregations, which is an important element of Whitworth's mission. And then through another uh, fabulous grant, uh, Whitworth's Minds and Hearts Set on Christ Preaching Grant funded some 65 pastors from PCUSA congregations from seven, seven different presbyteries uh, in a ministry and preaching uh, conference. I think that goes for a year. And so these are uh, pastors who are regularly coming into contact with Whitworth University to hone their ministries and skills in the pulpit, which is all very exciting. A diverse team of students, staff, and faculty worked very hard 
on a new um, statement that was meant to um, create a Christ-centered rationale for our university's focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. As you know, goal four of our strategic plan calls us to demonstrate courageous leadership in an increasingly diverse world. Um, we need to go no farther than the headlines of the newspapers today or watch TV or experience what we've experienced right here on this campus or in Spokane to know that these are issues that we need to be thinking hard about uh, as a community and as a, a community of learners. And so I'm very excited about this new statement. Uh, Forrest Buckner uh, led the charge on that. And um, if you've not read this statement, I would encourage you to do that. We'll try to get that out to everyone. I don't know how I went from um, eternal matters to uh, the pirates, but I did. Uh, and I don't have a very good segue of doing that. Um, but, uh, of course, we know that uh, our athletics programs under the uh, able direction of Tim, Tim DeMont and, and his staff had another fabulous year last year. Our Pirates won their ninth straight Northwest Conference McElroy Lewis Trophy, which uh, is the, uh, signifies the most competitive, I think the best, uh, athletics program in the Northwest Conference, a very competitive Division III conference. And 10 of our 18 teams won conference championships last year, which is just a remarkable feat. I would remind you that uh, somewhere between 22 and 24% of our incoming freshman class every year are student athletes. These are important folks uh, that are studying and living in our communities, and, uh, but also out on the field of competition doing a great job. Maybe even more exciting, uh, not only do we... Uh, do we reign on the field of, of competition? But our student athletes are just that, they're students. And we had 189 Northwest Conference scholar athletes, also the most in the Northwest Conference uh, last year, which is fantastic. And August is wanting to applaud, and I think we ought to applaud uh, that. <clears throat> Eight of our coaches won Northwest Conference Coach of the Year awards, and 13 of our teams represented Whitworth at Division III National Championships. So um, you'll see I somehow sandwiched uh, Pirate Athletics between uh, the diversity statement and uh, then also the, the this I don't know why I did that. So, um, uh, but anyway, successful first year implementation of the diversity cabinet. Under the leadership of the Chief Diversity Officer, you'll remember last year, um, I appointed Larry Burnley as Whitworth's first Chief Diversity Officer. There was a new structure put in place under him to achieve, help to achieve many of the goals that we have as a community. Um, I know all of you know that Larry took uh, another position in Ohio, um, and we're very sorry to see him leave. It was a wonderful position for him to take, frankly, to get a little closer to his home and to some of his relatives, but we will feel that hole um, this year in particular with Larry's absence. Um, we will do a national search for a new chief diversity officer at Whitworth. Uh, we will likely launch that search sometime the middle of this semester um, in hopes of bringing a new chief diversity officer to Whitworth by the beginning of next school year. So be paying attention to that, and if any of you have particular interest in that, um, please don't hesitate to raise your hand and, and let me know that you'd like to be involved. A couple of other successes in that category. Whitworth was a founding member of the Council for Christian College and University's new commission on diversity and inclusion. Again, just another area where Whitworth University is leading among Christian uh, Christ-centered universities. Um, 
We created and staffed the new Office of Student Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion under the able leadership of David Garcia last year. And I know many of you know David and the fantastic work that he is doing. Um, but that has gotten off to a wonderful start, and uh, we're making great progress there. And then just recently, uh, the magazine Insight into Diversity um, just awarded Whitworth its Higher Education Excellence and Diversity Award. Uh, this goes to a select number of institutions, higher education institutions, that are making significant progress in the conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the programs that we're offering, and some of the outcomes that we're achieving. Uh, we are the only CCCU school to ever receive this particular uh, award. And again, another area where I think Whitworth has the opportunity to and is leading, uh, which is all very exciting. Um, I almost didn't bring this up, but I think it's important for us to remember that last November, uh, our community was uh, besieged by a natural disaster um, of really unprecedented um, uh, uh, size here on our campus. And uh, we came together as a community like no community's ever come together, I think. And I was so proud of the ways our students handled this, about all the ways that you um, uh, were flexible and reached out to and served so many in our community that were impacted by this. I'm so grateful for the ways our community responded. And isn't our campus looking beautiful right now? Um, you, could, you would never know. It would be hard for anyone uh, who is new to our campus to, to really know. And frankly, I kind of forget sometimes, you know. Uh, it's amazing that the way the human brain works. It's hard for me sometimes to remember what, what the loop looked like before, but it's certainly looking very beautiful right now. Um, campus security was successfully transitioned and integrated into student life, bringing our fa fabulous security officers closer to the student development work that they do. We're very excited about that. Um, under the able leadership of Rosetta Rhodes, our Vice President for Student Life and Dean of Students, and our Title IX Coordinator, I'm happy to report that our efforts and responses have brought the university into compliance with federal regulations around Title IX. That's a very, very important thing if you're reading in higher education uh, today. But let me just use this as an opportunity to say that compliance is a pretty low bar, okay? Uh, we need to be in compliance uh, with all of these regulations. But compliance is, in fact, the lowest bar that we need to be jumping over. I think all of you would agree that our primary responsibility here on this campus is to protect the health, welfare, and safety of not just our students, but indeed of all of our campus citizens. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing in that area. I'm so grateful for the work that Rosetta is doing as Title IX coordinator. Um, uh, but we're making good progress on this, and we need to continue to, to uh, challenge our community and our students to make good, good progress on this. Um, our Dornsife Center continues to lead by hosting a regional intercollegiate community engagement institute this last fall. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Dornsife Center for Community Engagement, I encourage you to become familiar with that work. Uh, of course, they will be front and center here in just three weeks as we uh, celebrate uh, our Community Building Day, which is an important day for us uh, as we go out into the Spokane community. Our institutional advancement team is working very hard. We've expanded many of our alumni programs, our chapter outreach programs, which is very important as we connect Whitworthians across the globe. 
Um, we were blessed to establish through the generosity of former chemistry professor Hugh Johnston, the new Hugh Johnston uh, professorship in chemistry. That represents our seventh endowed faculty position. Um, as you will recall, our goal is to get up to 10 uh, by uh, 2021. Really exciting. Um, in the course of the campaign for Whitworth, uh, just this last year, we funded some 42 newly endowed scholarships that will support students uh, on this campus, which is just an amazing result. Our donors are really stepping up. And we were able to bring in the door, this is cash in the door, not pledges, this is actual money received by the university, $13.1 million in gifts, which is the largest amount in Whitworth's history. Our donors are stepping up to help us. And that doesn't just happen, as you know. Our hardworking institutional advancement and major gifts teams led by Scott McQuilkin are doing a fabulous job of, of stewarding uh, our campaign. Um, we have secured lead gifts on a new, exciting new chapel expansion uh, and new athletics administration building. So these are uh, things that you might be hearing more about in the coming months and years as we're raising money uh, on those two capital projects. And the campaign for Whitworth is currently at $84 million raised and pledged on our way to a goal of $100 million. Of course, we're near completion on the Coles Music Center. I ran by it this morning on my jog. I prayed over the construction workers as they are working hard to uh, get that ready. We're running a little late on that, um, but our music faculty and staff have been very accommodating and patient with us as we bring that new facility online. Um, how many of us came in on Hawthorne Road today? Woo! <laughs> uh, that's been a long project. <laughs> um, but we are, I, I don't know if you really had a chance to, to drive the length of it. Uh, I, I uh, took some pictures of it this morning and posted them to my Facebook account. What a beautiful new entrance to our campus. And once all that landscaping is done, uh, we are going to have a wonderful new gateway to the institution with new landscaping. It's going to be safer as well uh, with a, a, a serpentine boulevard design. And hopefully, we'll discourage a few commuters from using Hawthorne as their east-west corridor. We'll see uh, if that happens. Um, and then in terms of campus safety, I thought it was important to mention that we've installed an additional 32 new emergency message clocks, exterior lockdown capability for six additional buildings, and we have significantly enhanced all of our occupational safety practices. This is, of course, an effort that's ongoing as we uh, think about how to make our campus safer. Uh, to be prepared for um, uh, something unspeakable, but nonetheless, it's a responsibility that we need to have. Um, and I think last November, we put a lot of those resources to use in very effective ways. And then, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but we were under significant cyber attack last year in many of our information systems and uh, under the guidance and direction of Ken Brown, we have significantly lowered our exposure to many of those kinds of things. And so, uh, that's behind the scenes and, you know, technology is one of those things we don't really notice when it's working well, but we all notice when it's not. But we know that we've got such a capable team in our inf informational technology area uh, who are working behind the scenes to make sure that we can send all of our emails and get all of our reminders and uh, post stuff to, uh, to the website and things like that. So we're very grateful for them. So like I said, I, you know, not anywhere close to the things that we could put up here and celebrate. Um, but I think you would agree, wouldn't you, 
that the achievements that I've just mentioned are things that make Whitworth University a stronger institution. They represent the hard work and diligence and dedication and skill and passion of so many of you. And um, I'm excited and energized uh, to look at the, the, the things that we accomplished together last year. So let's give ourselves a round of applause on that. Okay, so moving into the kind of middle section, if you will, um, I wanted to kind of go over a few financial highlights. Um, we know that our campus conversation back in the spring was very much centered on this, and so I want to, to kind of bring you up to date uh, with uh, largely good news on this. Um, so let's start with 1516 uh, financial results. That's the year that closed out June 30 this last summer. Um, as you know, as of late... Um, as of uh, late as April, we were predicting a potential budget deficit somewhere on the order of $400,000 to $700,000. That was largely driven by declining net revenue and lower enrollment uh, than we had expected uh, for our budget. Um, I'm happy to report that even though our uh, financial statements have to go through an audit, but we've, we've already actually met with the auditors, so I can say with 99.9% .9 certainty here that our community, uh, our budget ended up with a $1.5 million underspend. Um, that is a huge result for us um, and one that we need to celebrate. Karen, thank you. I'll mention several implications of this and go into a little bit more detail, but one of the first implications is that we didn't have to dip into the savings account that we thought we might have to. And so our reserves remain untouched. We currently have about $3.2 million of reserves that we have not had to use at all uh, because of our financial operations last year. The university's underspend was generated by a number of factors, and we would be happy to share those with you if you're interested. But I would mention two in particular. One I've already mentioned is the outstanding uh, results that we experienced in our School of Education graduate and evening uh, uh, teacher certification programs, um, and then also I would just applaud you. I think the Whitworth community is always a good steward of its resources, but I think very diligent resource expense management on your part uh, led to this result as well, so thank you. Um, recall that underspend is actually an important feature of our annual budget. I, I've been We've been talking about this for several years now. I hope many of you know that it's our underspend, um, that degree by which our revenues exceed expenditures in a given year, that we um, draw from to take care of many of our deferred maintenance issues, um, capital, grounds, buildings and equipment, as well as one-time needs, significant ones, uh, in our academic and student life areas. And so to have that underspend is not only a good news from the standpoint of just you know, navigating through difficult financial waters, but it also uh, provides important financial resources to other critical areas of the institution. Um, last year's underspend, this may be the understatement of the year, uh, was particularly welcomed and important to us. Um, so we're going to invest last year's underspend, again, $1.5 million in the same ways that we typically invest underspend, with one notable exception I'll mention in just a moment. We've been able to allocate more dollars toward deferred maintenance. We've been able to allocate more dollars toward student life and one-time academic needs, all of which solve real um, uh, issues for us in, in those areas. 
But we thought that it was important uh, because each of you contributed to the positive financial results last year. And because we were not able to uh, give you a raise last year, we thought it was important for us to share a significant portion of this understand, underspend with you and give this back to you as a, not only just an expression of thanks, but because we know so many of you are dependent upon these dollars in your families. And so I'm happy to say that in addition, Whitworth will distribute a one-time supplemental payment uh, of up to $1,200 to regular benefits-eligible employees who have been employed at Whitworth since January the 1st of this year. That represents a, a 2% um, expense for us. It is kind of equivalent to uh, a 2% um, payroll expense increase for us. It's not permanent. I wish I could make it permanent for reasons I'll tell you in just a moment. But I hope that this will be um, some degree of margin and flexibility for you and your family budgets uh, going forward. Um, this distribution uh, disproportionately favors those who are at the lower end of our, of our salary scales. It turns out $60,000 is kind of the, the mark at which um, uh, uh, employees are either uh, disproportionately favored or disfavored with this plan. Uh, if you make $60,000 or less, you're going to get more than a 2% bump uh, in your particular uh, payment. If you make more than $60,000, you're going to get a slightly less than 2% Bump, but we thought that that was important for us in meeting some of our community values. And this flat rate also acknowledges that everyone contributed. Everyone contributed to the wonderful financial results that we had last year. I want to mention uh, just one more thing, and I'm a little uncomfortable doing this uh, for reasons that will become apparent, uh, but I think it's just important to say. Um, I have heard uh, just a little bit of a rumor out there, you know how rumors go, that um, despite not being able to extend a raise to employees last year, that somehow the president's cabinet got a raise last year. That is absolutely not true. Um, and I told you that in the spring, and I hope that you hear me when I say that. That is just not true. It would never be something that we would be willing to do uh, as a president's cabinet. In addition, I'm so grateful for the leadership of the vice presidents. They will join me in not taking this $1,200 bonus payment. Um, not because it makes a huge difference, frankly, uh, in the amount that we're able to allocate to other employees. It makes a small difference. But because we feel responsible for stewarding this institution in ways that benefit, uh, benefit you employees. So I feel uncomfortable saying that. It sounds like I'm being self-congratulatory. But I think it's important that you know that the president's cabinet stands with you uh, in trying to solve some of these issues and, and challenges. And we are as eager as you are uh, to, to begin on a, a good road of, of salary enhancement. So we're excited to do this. Um, I, think it, uh, I, th I hope you're excited about it. And uh, we're, we're, we certainly celebrate the good financial performance that we had last year. Thank you. So, uh, let's think about this year and going forward, briefly. Um, better than budgeted results for the current year uh, because of the good enrollment news that have already been shared by Greg and Cheryl um, and some other just generally good news that we have. Um, I think there's a good chance. I think there's a really good chance that we can finish this year with a balanced budget. You'll recall that when I talked to you back in April, we thought that we could run as high as a $1.1 million deficit this year. Okay. 
I think we can break even this year if things uh, go in our direction. That also means that we're not going to have to dig into that savings account uh, for us, which gives us even more flexibility. So by the end of this year, we had expected to spend some $1.8 million, um, half of our reserves. Uh, and it, right now it's looking like we might be able to get through the year and hold that bank account solid. So that's, that's really good news. Um, and again, just another uh, obvious statement at the end of the slide there. Uh, okay, Beck, remind people that this is very good news for Whitworth. Got it. Um, but we still are facing some challenges. Many of the things that helped us out in last year's budget and this year's budget can't necessarily be counted on on a year-to-year -year basis to solve our problems. Um, we're grateful for them. But we have some systemic risks that we face as an industry, as an institution that we need to lean into. For example, I'll just give you a couple of statistics. I'm staying very 30,000 foot here today. For this last fiscal year that we just completed, net revenues grew 2% compared to a 5% increase in expenses. Okay? You don't have to have an MBA to know that that's not a good ratio. For the year that we're in now, the 16-17 academic year, we expect that ratio to be a 1% increase in revenues and a 3% increase in expenses. Um, that is not sustainable. We're not going to be able to continue to deliver on Whitworth's mission and continue to make investments in you as employees or in this institution maintaining that trajectory. Let me show you just a couple of pictures, because I'm a visual learner, and, and I know many of you are as well. That top line represents tuition at the institution, annual tuition. Not tuition and fees, and not fees and room and board, just flat tuition, okay? And you'll see that that's going up by a fairly steady amount every year. I will remind you that last year, Whitworth raised its annual tuition by the lowest amount in 50 years. That was... I think after raising tuition the year before by the lowest amount in some almost 30 years, I mean, we're really trying to bend that curve as much as we possibly can. But I would draw your attention to the two middle graphs. The blue graph represents the net tuition revenue. That's after financial aid. These are for traditional full-time matriculated students. These are the students that Greg talks about, okay? Um, that is the net tuition per student that we're receiving. Okay. Notice that that, in fact, is not increasing, but has really flattened out and, in fact, has seen some volatility over the last several years. That's due to a lot of market conditions, the ways in which we're trying to come alongside families and students with financial aid, the pressures we're seeing competitively from public institutions and other private competitors. Um, but that is the amount that each student brings in tuition dollars net of financial aid. That number needs to be growing. And we're going to try to grow that number in a number of ways. But that is part of the trend that's troubling. Let me show you uh, the graph in a slightly different way. These are total dollars. So the previous graph was per student dollars. This is just total dollars of our budget coming from those same sources. Tuition revenue, net of financial aid from traditional students that Greg and his team are able to recruit. Um, the top line is total. You'll see what's happening to that curve. It's flattening out significantly. And on uh, a freshman class basis, uh, basis which is the, the bottom line there, the yellow one, you'll see that that is flattening out, if not declining a little bit. Um, I'm not talking a lot about expenses right now, but you know expenses are growing, right? And you know we're not actually doing everything we want to do with respect to expense. Certainly this year, we weren't able to give a raise this year. 
So how can we as an institution reconcile the fact that we are seeing great pressure on our tuition revenue growth and sustained pressure on expense growth and figure out a combination of those things that sustain what we are and what we do? That is our problem. That is our challenge that we have to live into uh, in the coming years. All of you know that Carol Simon, our provost and executive vice president, is leading a process, an effort uh, to uh, ask our entire community, not just academic programs, but across the institution, to, um, to assess and prioritize and think hard about the programs that are absolutely critical to what we're doing in ways that we might be able to reallocate some of our expenses to more strategically important initiatives. These aren't budget cuts, although for some areas they may be budget cuts. Overall, in the university, we're just thinking about taking $3 million over the next four years and reallocating those dollars into areas that align with strategic uh, and institutional priorities, not least of which is investment in employees. So much of this work is really carving out some expense dollars so that we can support one another through uh, benefits and salary. Uh, but also so that we can invest in programs that we think are important going forward to the institution. Last, uh, last week, you'll know that I uh, announced uh, a voluntary separation incentive program. Um, this is just one tool uh, that Whitworth can use to do a couple of things, to potentially generate some long-term savings for the university, um, to create some flexibility in our staffing in order to make some decisions, and to also honor uh, our longest-serving employees. Um, as I mentioned in my email to you, I didn't want you to see this as a desperation Hail Mary pass, but rather just an opportunity to simultaneously benefit the university potentially and also give our employees some choices um, as they think about um, their plans. So I know there's a couple of information sessions today that were posted on PiratePort. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about this, I would encourage you to do that. And lastly, before we turn the page on this, let me just acknowledge that um, we have, as a community, uh, a lot of anxiety about this. Um, I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. Um, we're feeling the pressure of this. Uh, these are new waters for us um, to navigate. And um, while acknowledging the anxiety and acknowledging some of the, the difficulty of that, and I hope you don't hear these as empty words, I am encouraged and I'm optimistic that as a community um, that's grounded in Christ, is a gospel community, as uh, Steffi reminded us this morning, that's invested in relationship, invested in Whitworth's mission, um, ready and eager and willing to roll up our sleeves and have difficult conversations. Um, I'm optimistic that we're not only going to navigate these challenges well, but that at the end of the day, Whitworth University is going to be a stronger university uh, because we've leaned into these very difficult issues. So I'm, um, I'm not um, glad that we're having these issues. I wish the news were different. I wish our task was different. But as a community, I think we can become energized about this because it's, it's responsible. It's what we need to be doing as a Whitworth um, that stewards that that 127-year mission that we have. So, um, so we'll be doing that work. I thank Carol for her leadership, the steering committee, and all of you uh, who are putting effort into this. Uh, we want to remain transparent. We want to give you information as you need it. We want to hear your, 
advice and input and counsel. We want to do this well. And uh, if there's ways that we can do it better, please let us know. Uh, we're eager to serve you in this process. Okay, um, so here's just five points. If you, if you didn't get any of that, here's five points to take away. Um, for your colleagues who aren't here, uh, 2016, $1.5 million underspend. We hope that we can break even this year. That means that our bank account stays intact. Um, expected uh, slower growth in net revenue and uh, certainly normal expense growth are going to challenge us to think hard about the ways that we're spending our money and the budget prioritization effort will make recommendations to me I think in February uh, for next year's budget building process. So we'll be communicating more on this going forward. Okay, we are in the home stretch. Um, want to turn our attention to the Whitworth brand. This is kind of exciting work. No, it's not kind of exciting work. It is exciting work. Um, as we think about the ways in which we message our stakeholders um, about who we are, what we are, and the opportunities that exist here, not just for prospective students, but for employees and for community members as well. Um, a complete brand audit and branding study was commissioned last year. I know many of you know that. Many of you participated uh, in that process. Um, why did we do that? Well, as you know, we've been struggling to recruit students, at least in the numbers that we would like. Um, it's an increasingly competitive uh, landscape in higher education as institutions are battling over the same stock of students. And so we felt like we could be better at the ways in which we communicate the mission and values and priorities of the institution. Our current messages weren't resonating as well as we had hoped with many of our students, our uniqueness in higher education, in particular Christian higher education, we didn't feel like it was being communicated as well as we could. Our visual identity, our logo, the one there at the top left, while it has served us well for 17 years, we felt like we could develop something new and exciting that would communicate to 18 to 22-year-olds in a digital environment and in ways that are compelling to them. I've been reminded, by the way, uh, along this process that I am not the the person that Whitworth's trying to communicate with. <laughs> um, and that's an important thing actually for us all to remember. I mean, it's not that we, we shouldn't be communicating across the spectrum of age and experience, but our primary stakeholder group, particularly as it relates to branding, is prospective students, right? So start thinking like an 18-year-old, all right? Um, I, know, I know most of you, you have my permission. I know most of you know this. Um, branding is much more than a logo. Branding, um, a brand encompasses not just a visual identity. It encompasses even more significantly that set of values, that history that an institution has, the feelings and emotions that are conjured up when we think about institutions, um, and a brand promise. Something that we say, we're going to put our necks out on the line. We're going to, we're going to promise we're going to deliver you this experience. And so I know that today in some parts is about revealing a new logo, but in many ways it's much more than that. It's about refining our messages so that they resonate well with those prospective students. Of course, we know that logos can't carry the weight of communicating every message, value, and characteristic of an institution. What logo does, right? What logo has every element of the institution represented in it? Um, and we know that logos by committee are bad, right? But I will say, and Nancy doesn't know this, actually. I apologize in advance. 
I just, I'm a, you know, I like to hedge my bets. And so while this branding uh, exercise was going on, Nancy, you don't know this, but I had a clandestine committee working parallel to develop a new logo for the university. And um, it didn't win out. At the end of the day, the logo will reveal later one out. But I thought I would at least show you the, the logo that this committee came up with. Did I mention that Dale was the chair of this committee? Did I... I'll just let you take that in for a moment. In addition to Dale's mug in the middle there, um, 1890, by the way, is our year of our founding, not Dale's birthday. I just wanted to read. I love the squirrel with the tail on fire. I just think that's theologically poignant. It's, it's, it's so good, it's not allowing me to advance the slides here. There we go, all right. So, just as a reminder, um, many people might think that the seal, the logo up there on the top left, was penned by George Whitworth himself on the Oregon Trail. Um, in fact, that is not true. Um, as I mentioned, that seal is uh, about 17 years old. We've used that identity, that visual brand, for about the last 17 years. But our visual identity and brands and logos have changed over time, and they will continue to change. The new logo that we reveal today will change in the future. Uh, they are meant to serve us today. This is the seal of the university. How many of you have seen this before? We, we promenade this on graduation days. It's on our diplomas. If you're a Whitworth alum, you see the seal on your diploma. Um, theology faculty, what does it say there in Hebrew? Elohim. This, this was actually penned by George Whitworth, and I kid you not. This goes all the way back to the minutes of the founding of the university back in 1890. Um, one of the things we've decided to do is to um, maintain the integrity of the seal of the university. We think this does connect us historically back to the university. We're going to continue to use the seal of the university in important ways, and in limited ways, but nonetheless important ways as we uh, identify the university. But here are just some of the ways that the university has um, logoed itself, used various fonts and scripts and colors and ideas to brand kind of mid-century there on the left. Um, 68, 69 catalog there, beautiful day on the loop. But you can see uh, different scripts there, Whitworth College, um, 6970 there. You can see the lowercase Whitworth and the Campanile, uh, Campanile um, that is there. Um, I love the picture on the right, right? Um, the bell bottoms walking across the sunlit campus loop there. Uh, but, but you'll see right above the Whitworth, you know, there's a little circle there with a cross in it. That's a, that was a brand identifier then. Um, we've got the Centennial logo, the, um, the multicolored flags. Um, 
the first emergence in the Faith in the Future campaign of the, the book in the flame. By the way, as we did our brand audit, how many Christian universities do you think have books in flames in their logos? <laughs> a lot, okay? A lot. Um, and of course, here is our new, nothing wrong with this, by the way. I, I just want to say, this, this brand identity has served us well. It, it really has. And we're going to continue to live with it for a long time. Uh, it's going to be on a lot of stuff uh, around <laughs> campus, um, which is a good thing, actually. You know, it's a good thing. Um, uh, but, um, but as I said, we needed to accomplish a few things. Where did we need to grow? We needed to define Whitworth's brand essence, kind of what, uh, what our stakeholder groups and what our audiences are left with after they see uh, a brand message, a framework, an identity, a logo. Um, we wanted that logo, that essence, to be unique and relevant and authentic. We needed to be, frankly, a little more pithy than we usually are. Um, I don't know what the current data is on attention spans in the United States, but I think it's somewhere less than 30 seconds, okay? If you read our materials, we are really, really good at describing who we are if you've got 10 minutes, okay? If you've got 10 minutes to read a really well-formulated description of the university, we do that really well. But we need to get a little pithier in the ways in which we describe the university. Um, we need to identify what sets Whitworth apart from other Christian liberal arts institutions, and we think there's quite a bit that sets us apart. And rather than telling people what sets us apart, we need to demonstrate it. We need to demonstrate it in compelling ways and attractive ways uh, that evoke a lot of emotion. We need to, of course, hit our target audiences, and we do need to connect with new generations of students in the digital domain. That logo mark, by the way, up on the topper, top left is very difficult for us to use in a lot of digital applications. Uh, that level of detail, um, you can even see here, you can almost barely read the 1890 up there. We needed something simpler uh, that would appeal to this generation as well uh, to have a, a lot of good application for us. Where did we need to stay, stay the same in this process? Uh, the centrality of our Christ-centered mission, certainly, our core values, commitments to Christian faith and open dialogue, our mind and heart education, and, of course, our athletic pride and pirate mascot. And by the way, the pirate mascot logo is not changing. Um, that, that logo that you see there is going, going to remain the same. We did a lot of homework, folks. I want you to know that a lot of people worked really hard on this. This was not done by committee in a closed room. This was done talking to a lot of different stakeholder groups uh, to get this right. Interviews, surveys, focus groups all over the state with alumni, students, employees, Spokane community and others. Uh, we did do a brand audit. We looked at what, um, what we look like compared to other institutions with whom we compete. Uh, that was important. So we do have a brand new uh, uh, brand platform that we're excited about. We're going to learn more how to live into it. Um, it's brand new, and so we're going to learn how to exploit it even better as we go forward. Um, we have a new logo, which I'll introduce here in just a moment, which, is, as I said, is distinct from the university seal. Uh, a new set of visual language, new photography that I think is just beautiful and compelling for us, and a lot of different new messaging frameworks. I think, I, I think we're ready. Are you ready? Oh, one more slide. Julie told me not to do that, but I thought I'd do it. Just to reiterate a couple of things. We know this isn't going to happen overnight. 
Um, we're going to be responsible as we roll this out. There is going to be a deadline. We're not going to be printing paper in five years with the old logo on it, okay? Um, but we're going to be responsible in the ways we uh, roll this out. Um, we're going to be offering some training opportunities for those of you uh, who want to learn uh, about how to use the new visual identity. Next week, we'll be uh, distributing a brand guide, which will be important for us as we uh, live into the new visual identity. Website um, update, photo archive, downloads for your use in a variety of different settings. Okay, here we go. I know many of you have seen some iterations of this work. Um, we're just so excited to, to launch this finally. As I said, we're going to learn how to leverage this even more, live into it, um, explore some new creative avenues for us. Um, but I want to give just a quick shout out uh, to some folks who have given direction and leadership to this, to this effort. Um, of course, our Director of University Communications, Nancy Hines. Nancy, stand up and let us thank you for your important work. Nancy would be the first to deflect uh, that praise and congratulations to a team of people who have worked so diligently on this. Let me mention them. Liz Strauch and Crystal Miller and Cheryl Vodder and many faculty and staff and students who served on the big group, we called it, the Brand Insight uh, group who gave uh, important direction and input and, and leadership to this. So um, as I close, let me just mention a couple of things. Um, I, we have free stuff. Um, you can, never, you can never go wrong with free stuff. So as you all head over to the cafeteria, would you hold that for me, um, to the hub for lunch, uh, we want you to pick up a couple of things. First of all, our good partners at STCU have provided us these beautiful new uh, writing journals uh, for you to take home and use. Um, this branding campaign is all going to be about stories. It's all going to be about the ways in which we as Whitworthians and our students' lives are transformed by their experience with the university. And so we hope that you'll write some of your own stories uh, in this journal. We also have a spirit book. This is a, a visual print takeaway that you can take away, uh, look at, um, read about our new visual identity. There's some cool things in here uh, just to kind of familiarize yourself with this new uh, identity going forward. So get one of those. Get one of the books, and I think on sale in the bookstore, right, Nancy? Today they've got new pennants. So if you bought a pennant yesterday, sorry. <laughs> Bad timing. 
So grab a pennant. Um, thank you for your time and attention today. Folks, there's no reason why this can't be one of the best years in Whitworth's history. Amen? And it's because of the good work that we have here and the faith we claim in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So thank you for all of the things that you are doing and will do for Whitworth University. Dolores, come on up. Thank you.